So hear these words of scripture from the book of Romans, chapter 8, verses 18 to 25 from the message. That's why I don't think that there's any comparison to the present hard times and the coming good times. The created world itself can hardly wait for what's coming next. Everything in creation is being more or less held back. God reigns it in until both creation and all the creatures are ready and can be released at the same moment into the glorious times ahead. Meanwhile, the joyful anticipation deepens. All around us, we observe a pregnant creation. The difficult times of pain throughout the world are simply birth pangs. But it's not only around us, it's within us. The Spirit of God is arousing within us, and we're also feeling the birth pangs. These sterile and barren bodies of ours are yearning for full deliverance. And that is why waiting does not diminish us any more than waiting diminishes a pregnant mother. We are enlarged in the waiting. And we, of course, don't see what is enlarging us. But the longer we wait, the longer we become, the more joyful our expectancy. I can't help but think of my niece, Jackie, who has a 20-month-old toddler running around the house and just found out she's having another baby, but she found out she's having two. She called me today after she found out and she's scared to death. She herself is a twin and I myself am a twin also. And I said, your parents weren't excited about both of you either when they found out. <laughs> and my mom didn't find out about the two of us until the day she had us. But it's with eight or seven months that we have to build that joy and that anticipation and that excitement that becomes joy instead of fear and terror that is created within us immediately. And no one who has ever gone through birth, and I have not had a baby, would ever say simply birth pangs, would they? <laughs> if you've delivered a baby, I don't think you would say they were simply birth pangs. But waiting and anticipating, as we talk today in our scriptures, Brexville United Methodist Church, you have been at work at the Camp for Mission Station in Liberia for seven years now. Do you realize that? It was 2010 when Janet first traveled there to the mission station. And you've been raising funds and, and praying for people and sending Janet and supporting students and staff and praying for people and, and being the connectional church and partnering in ministry together. But waiting for a long time since 2010 when Janet first traveled there to get a whole group from this church to be there. And this church and nine travelers have been a part of anticipating this trip, building up from, from raising funds and making decisions about who's going to go and the energy and the enthusiasm for the ministry to be done there, for nervousness about food and safety and traveling and international travel. Yet the group of nine went and now we wait with great anticipation for their time of return back home. Right now they're in Monrovia and will get on a plane later this evening and be back home by tomorrow afternoon. But 
we can't wait to hear what has happened while they've been away. We anticipate their arrival home and we want to hear about friendships and stories about faith and transformation, new discoveries and how God has been at work there. This waiting and anticipating, waiting nine months for new life to come into the world, waiting for a new job, waiting for a life partner, waiting for a loved one to be healed, waiting for life to be good and right again, anticipating changes, sometimes doom and gloom and sometimes good and answered prayers, anticipating God's blessing and promises or taking matters into our own hands and not waiting any longer and making it happen. This cycle of life of waiting and anticipating, the wonder and the hope, the patience and the impatience, the longing and the worrying, all depending on what it is that we're waiting for an outcome for and what we're anticipating. Are we living in dread or, or in the possibility of hope? This reading that we read in Paul and Romans today is about the present state of things and the hope of faith and this eternal future that is to come. The kingdom of God is at hand. It is this scripture that can be used to strengthen us for our journey because we're reminded like the boy in the story was that the spirit of God is within us even when life is overwhelming when we seem lost and confused and don't know which way to turn when there's commitments are chaotic when our media and our politics are in chaos when there's conflict in our family when members are offering different family members and friends disagree with us about these things, when there's concern about health and, and uncertainty about finances and future, we groan, we whine, because humanity and God's creation awaits ultimate restoration and fixing and renewal. We worship on Sundays and we worry Monday through Friday. And sometimes our personal reality is so overwhelming that it takes all of our energy just to get through a moment. It happens to all of us at different times. However, as disciples of Jesus Christ, which as Christ followers we are, we are called to pay attention to the sufferings of the world around us and to the spirit of God that lives in us at the same time. We can't permanently disengage with the world around us. We can't turn our back on painful situations. We can't turn our eyes away from refugees from war-torn countries that have no place to go. We can't ignore the increased number of people who engage in public acts of hatred towards people from other religious traditions or towards people of other genders and race and nationality or sexual orientation. And we can't avert our eyes when nations or people blatantly disregard human rights, and just as we can't sit in silence when our own nation decides it will no longer abide by international agreements on peace and climate concerns and the support of basic human rights of people all around the world. We can't turn and look away from people who need housing. We must look at these situations straight on. Even when we can't, doesn't seem to be any hope that the suffering will end, we can't give up. We have to dig deeper and wait with patience, knowing that God is good and that good will always overcome evil. And that God is working actively in the present, right here and now, and behind the scenes, 
to bring all of creation into the full glory of God's kingdom. Christians all around the world are participating in this renewal, and I see it at Brexville United Methodist Church. Brexville United Methodist provides supplies for this new YMCA housing program, helping people overcome opiate addiction. We're being a part of it while we participate in the food bank with Middle School Mission Week, when we do pop-up worship in the community and light up somebody's life. When we provide clothing in our neighborhoods and collection sites, when we provide dental hygiene for UMW collections, we are bringing hope and reconciliation in God's kingdom to the world. When we at Reconciling Church open and lovingly accept all people and live out loud in our communities that we are welcoming of all people. These are places where we can bring other people who are lost and feeling alone, who need hope and who need a friend bringing someone into community right here where they are places of engagement for listening and hope and other people who are seeking the holy. Mother Teresa said, I used to pray that God would feed the hungry or do this or that. But she says, now I pray that God will guide me to do what I can do. I used to pray for answers, but now I pray for strength. She wrote, I used to believe that prayer changes things, but now I know that prayer changes me and us, and that we can change things. You see, our, our, faith, our relationship with God is supposed to lead to an intimate, personal relationship with, with God, with Jesus, and with the Holy. With personal holiness that then challenges us to look out at life and lead a life of social holiness and respond to the needs of we need to be good stewards of social justice and care for the environment, including the outcast, responding to the needs of others and living in love with people who disagree with us. We need to live as if we have been adopted and accepted as God's children, because we do belong to God, and that is what the scripture tells us. The scripture reminds us that God's spirit, the spirit of God, is in us, and that we are children of God ourselves, adopted, fully claimed, and accepted right where we are. The focus of Vacation Bible School this week was discovering our strength in God and realizing that we are God's heroes. We heard biblical stories of heroes like David and Esther, stories about Jesus in the temple and parables of the Beatitudes, and stories about the Holy Spirit power. The theme, Bible first theme this week was do God, do good, seek peace, and go after it. Can you do that with me? Do good, seek peace, and go after it. The scripture today does that. It says go after it, convincing us that we are enough, that we are adopted, and that we are children of God. According to BBS and scripture, God's heroes have love, courage, wisdom, hope, and power. We have love because God first loved us, and we are to love other people the way that God loves us, with no strings attached. And that is challenging. Amen? Courage. Courage in the waiting, as we talk about today's scripture, is not easy. But by the world standards, courage is God with us, living on the edge and knowing that if we jump off, God will either catch us.
claim on our lives. God has gifted us with a brain and with knowledge and insights and the ability to think and discern and know things and to discover God's word in our lives. Wisdom takes studying God's scripture and God's word and living out that claim. Hope. God has placed deep within us, the scripture says in verse 20, an abiding hope, a deep and abiding hope. Hope that today is not the end of the story, but the kingdom of God is at hand, is ahead of us, and is possible. And power. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in each and every one of us here today, in each and every one of the people out there today. We wait with expectancy of the Holy Spirit power in our life. Power to overcome, power to heal, power to encourage, and power to thrive in this life. Waiting, feeling whole, confident, redeemed, safe and secure, hopefully claimed. God wants these things in our life. In waiting, we don't need to second guess or succumb to the pressures of this world. And then not wait and choose something else, something of less significant than Jesus and what God has planned for our, ourselves. Never giving up on hope and settling for something less that the world says and won't fill us like only Jesus can. In the waiting, we can often be led, led astray and let something else claim us and let the world define us. In the waiting, we can allow the world to transform us rather than waiting on what God might have for our lives. This week at Vacation Bible School, we talked about wisdom. And I was doing recreation with the preschoolers. There were 50 preschoolers at different times. I didn't have them all at once. Thank God. But I had every preschooler repeat after me on that wisdom day. I am wise. And they said, I am wise. And I said, I have wisdom. They said, I have wisdom. I said, don't you forget it. Because the world will try to tell you differently, won't it? The world will tell you, you're not the smartest one in the room. You're not good enough to hear. You can't figure this out. You're not tall enough, pretty enough, clever enough, creative enough. The world will lead you astray. And we try to zap that wisdom and that courage and that love and that hope right from you. The world will lead us to believe that we aren't clever. And when I ask those VBS and VBS or preschoolers, who is God's hero? They said, I am. They knew right away it wasn't David, it wasn't just Esther, it wasn't just these biblical characters. They were God's heroes. So say it with me. I am wise. I have wisdom. And don't you forget. Mercy Me has a song that says, Bring your tired. Bring your shame. Bring your guilt and bring your pain. Don't you know that that's not your name? You will always be much more to me, God said. Every day I wrestle with the voices that keep telling me I'm not right. But that's all right. Because I hear a voice, and he calls me redeemed. When others say I'll never be enough, and greater is the one living inside of me, than he 
who is living in the world. Bring your doubts and bring your fears. Bring your hurt and bring your tears. There'll be no condemnation here. You are holy. You are righteous. You are redeemed. As we work on our own prayer life, on our own spiritual habits of meditating on Scripture, of seeking silence and solitude, looking inside of ourselves for that love and courage and wisdom and hope and power, we wait. We can wait with strength and great hope and anticipating rather than fretting and worrying. As we seek out a connection with God, Jesus, and the Holy, we discover our connection with each other. Again, I asked the preschoolers I was working with at BBS, who is one of God's heroes? And they responded with great enthusiasm, I am. Congregation, you are one of God's heroes. You are called to be God's hero because the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's power of love, courage, wisdom, and hope lives inside of you and needs to get out of you and into the world connecting us to each other, connecting us to each other's situations and life, and transform the world into what God wanted this world to be like, the kingdom of God. We need to live in great anticipation of what God wants to do in the world through us, God's heroes. Have you seen my dragon? Have you seen love and courage, hope, wisdom, and power? As we wait and as we search, as we anticipate God's presence in our life and in the world, we discover that the thing that we were waiting for was with us all along. Just like in the book that I read, the dragon, the Holy Spirit, has been with us all along. The possibility of love, courage, wisdom, and hope, bringing the kingdom of God into the world today, to the here and now, is possible through each and every one of us in this room. There is power in Scripture of this claiming and adoption that God has for our life, being chosen by God and created with a purpose. When we think of adoption in the world today, we think of a child that has been abandoned, perhaps. A child who has been loved by a birth parent who wasn't quite ready to care for them yet. But folks, today you serve a God who is ready to care for you, who is right here and never going to give up on you and never going to abandon you, a God that is waiting and anticipating what you are going to do in the world to bring the kingdom of God here and now. We read these scriptures and we, we think about our own waiting on God and anticipating what God is going to do, but think about it from God's perspective. That God has been waiting for us for a long time, some of us, and anticipating the life we might have in a relationship with Jesus that takes on our worry from Monday through Friday. So let us worship. Let us wait with great anticipation of what God might do with our lives 24-7, every day of the week. May the kingdom of God fall down upon you in your life.